This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. <laughs> Throughout life, we experience many kinds of relationships, a commonly used descriptor in many of these connections is the word friend. We use it to refer to everything from social media acquaintances to our spouses and BFFs besties. When someone is a friend, it can mean we have a deep and meaningful relationship with them, or it can mean we are simply familiar enough with them to feel a warm connection. But not every relationship is warm and pleasant all of the time. Sometimes, even the closest of friendships can experience challenges due to misunderstanding what the friendship means to all parties, lack of appreciation for the friendship in its current state, misplaced expectations, or other conflicts. Because relationships can be challenging, it is helpful to step back and do a little defining of our circles of friendship. You can't be best friends with everybody, but you can have a meaningful relationship with almost anybody. Valerie Atelis interviews Beth Butler, the author of Circles of Friendship, a guided journal for learning to think clearly about your friendships. Beth Butler loves to help people flourish and owns Hope Unlimited, where she helps others pursue excellence. Drawing on over 30 years of experience in administration and operations, she and her team provide virtual assistance and coaching to individuals or small business owners located anywhere in the world on an as-needed basis. Pulling insights from her work in operations and administration and her life experiences, Beth creatively distills helpful information into practical soft skills and personal growth hints, thought-provoking questions, and constructive guidance using a variety of formats, such as books, blog posts, workshops and keynotes, audio and video content, and social media posts. Blessed by an extensive and eclectic network of relationships, resources, and ideas, and the love of collaboration and connection, she finds herself naturally facilitating solutions for others, including introducing them to people, information, and products that can be helpful to their personal growth. Meet Beth at BethButler.com. Here is the interview with Beth Butler. In your own words, who is Beth Butler? I would say that I am an eclectic person who loves uh, faith, fellowship, fruitfulness, and fun. What is another word for friendship, Beth? Uh, another word for friendship, relationship. What is your idea of God? Or what is your relationship with that, what do you call God? Where, what, and who is God to you? 
to me, um, I believe that God is a creator, an artist. Yeah. Uh, I believe he created me very uniquely and that he wants to have a relationship with me. And it doesn't have to be, it's not about a religion. It's a you know, particular practice it's about what he's done for me. And I personally believe that he sent his son to offer me a way to have that relationship with him. And so that's what I believe and like and have since I was a child. I love the way you call God an artist. I never heard yes. that way before. <laughs> the creator, the great creator, right, of yes. life in all things. Yes. So do you believe that God chose us to be here in this human body and to go through everything that we go through? Or this is something that we have chosen ourselves? I think that he is aware and has a plan, but I also think that he, as a loving parent would, you know, you don't control everything that your child decides or does. And you try to love them and you try to guide them well. And sometimes they'll make mistakes that cause some consequences. So I kind of think that's how he looks at the human race, you know, that it's not the ideal way, some of the things that happen, but he's there for us through all of it. And I think that he's willing to offer grace even when we feel we've made a mistake or having some consequences to things. I don't think he abandons us, just like a loving parent, I would hope, would not abandon a child, even if they made a cho choice contrary to what they were hoping for them. Mm. Uh, so that's how I look yeah. at that. That makes me think about unconditional love. Yes. Is that another word, two other words for God? Absolutely. Yes, that's yeah. perfect. Mm -hmm. It's not even a belief system. It's something that just resonates true that this life itself, it's unconditioned, unconditional love. Right. That's fantastic, isn't it? That we are here almost like children to play, to be what we want to be unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And be, be a friend, be, be a friend of God. You know, he, there's talk about him being a friend to, to us as well. So that kind of ties in with the whole concept of my book, some friendship, and I look at God that way too. In lots of ways, lots of ways, lots of different. What is happiness to you, and what are some of the misconceptions we have about happiness, Beth? I think happiness is, in part, my my joy and happiness, as you talked about, relating with God is is prim that's the first part of my source of joy and happiness because our circumstances can make us enjoy life, but I don't know that they can be the, the source of all our happiness because our circumstances don't always turn out the way we would like sometimes. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we can still have an undergird, uh, undergirding foundation of joy and appreciation for life. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I think that's what happiness, happiness is kind of an outgrowth of, of deeper having, having joy. But happiness, I sometimes think is more from the day to day things that make that bring smile to your face or relationships that you just have fun with, uh, or the people you enjoy. But happiness is elusive if you only rely on your circumstances, or you only a lot rely on a relationship, or if you rely on others to provide that for you, then I think it can be very elusive. Because you know people aren't perfect and circumstances aren't perfect, so your happiness, if it's if it's only gauged on what's going right, and sometimes things are out of your control on top of it, mm -hmm. then yeah. and I'm guilty of that. I'm not pretending to not, <laughs> to not have you know I get frustrated when my computer isn't oh, acting yeah. right or something, right. Uh, that kind of thing. So yeah. it's a, it, happiness is really is a gift too, and it's an attitude I think that we can go into knowing that things aren't always going to go perfectly, but how are we going to look at it? What kind of attitude are we going to have? 
Gratitude comes to me a lot when I think about responding, right, to life in this open space and this healthier space, let's say a healthier space of being. Gratitude, it comes to me a lot. Yes, that's a great connection to happiness. I think people who are thankful tend to live a happier life. For sure. And this is something that we need to be reminded of all the time (laughs) in a way, isn't it? (laughs) It Definitely. I'm speaking to myself here because it's so easy to go down the route of complaining or whining or wanting everything to lay out a certain way in the day for it to be a successful, quote, day instead of uh, kind of resting and leaning into what happens and being grateful and looking for the things that were good about the day and especially difficult you know, when there's so many pressures and to, to prepare to be grateful for the things that we can do and our everyday joys. So I think that's a great reminder. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? Well, I'll be transparent and honest. I <laughs> struggle with this because I'm an achiever. And so sometimes I do find myself feeling like, well, my business is going to be successful. My book sales are going to be successful if I sell books or if I have enough clients to make a living or that kind of thing. But I, I find that uh, sometimes I go through periods when there's not as much coming in. Yeah, <laughs> that right. kind of thing. And so as I step back and think, you know, what would be a success in my you know, business, which, which I, you know, my motto is to help others pursue excellence. Yeah. That doesn't always mean that I'm going to get quote unquote pay in money yeah. for it. Yeah. But if I'm influencing others to, pursue excellence in their work and in their lives and in their relationships, not perfection. Um, We we can't obtain perfection necessarily, but to pursue excellence and to grow, then I I am a success if I'm helping people do that, even if it's not about the bank account. And so I have to remember that myself sometimes. Success is about what what am I doing to benefit the other people around me? And for me too, it's how am I helping people understand God better? Since God's important to me, how am I understanding, helping people understand God in their life? better. Uh, that would be a measure of success for me as well, if that if I could be of help to people with that. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's not about a destination, right? It's the journey, right, about the journey, journey of life and yeah. uh, progress, not perfection. Yeah. And so, you know, and some sometimes some days might be quote, more successful than others if but long run, it's more about, like you said, the journey not that if I've attained a certain income or a certain lifestyle that I'm successful. No, no, I don't think that is a great measure. At this time, what do you think is the the world's greatest need? Well, speaking for myself, because as you mentioned, my faith is very important to me. I I really yeah. think that if that the world needs a better understanding of how much God loves them, the individuals, how much and what he what he wants to have a relationship with them. I feel like uh, there are so many stresses in the world. Uh, right now is a particularly hard time globally. I think, yeah. though, so people, you know, are looking for something beyond just themselves. And unfortunately, humans are very disappointed in <laughs> one another right now, too. And yeah. so I feel like having faith helps you feel like you realize that it's not just about what the everyday life and the frustrations with other people or dangers or whatever you want to call it. I do think that having a sense of how God loves us and wants to have a relationship with us is probably very critical in what people are longing for. 
And they're looking mm. for something like that anyway, in a lot of ways. And I think that he would love, I think that my mm. view of God is he would love to welcome more people with open arms if they would just let him, mm. let him in kind of thing. So you wrote the book, Circles of Friendship, a guided journal for learning to think clearly about your friendships. So what was the inspiration and intention of writing your book, Beth? Well, as I think back, it's been, you know, probably at least two years before since I started. And I'm blessed with many friendships, but they're all different in description. Uh, I've got a lot of online friends and I've got some, you know, in-person friends. And as I recall, you know, I went through, I've gone through some situations where a couple of friendships didn't turn out to be what I'd hoped for them to be. Uh, And so by learning to think about the idea of, well, not every person has to be your closest friend or your best friend. I just, you know, say that in the book, they can't all be your best friend, but you can have them, you know, they can be part of a meaningful part of your circle of friendship, which as you uh, throughout your life and on the journey, as we talked about journey, the journey of a friend friendships, we have an expanding circle of relationships that come into our lives. And when we manage our expectations, I think we can have more joy in those friendships instead of thinking, I wish that this person would be this to me or would reciprocate in this way. And maybe they're, they're not, uh, you know, they're not able to do that or they're unintentionally not doing it. It comes back to how are we going to view that relationship? And that's, that's kind of the catalyst. I think it was kind of came out of my own thinking of maybe processing that for myself a little bit that then the book sort of came about (laughs) as you go. Yeah. That makes sense. That comes from our understandings about life and our experiences. That's the best anyway, (laughs) when we write from that place or create from that place. You're also the founder of HOPE, H-O-P-E is an acronym, HOPE Unlimited. So talk to me for a moment about that too. Well, Hope Unlimited is is the stands for helping others pursue excellence, uh, yeah. and uh, it is the umbrella. It's a, what I call a lifestyle business because I'm trying to actually reframe my own paradigm that it is not about just making an income. Right. Uh, it is right. about the flexibility and freedom I have because I run my own business. The yeah. three components of what I do within that business is I am a virtual assistant slash concierge kind of person that comes alongside people who need all kinds of administrative assistance. I'm also a personal uh, growth coach, you might say. I help people with their soft business, soft skills and personal growth. And then also as obviously a writer and content creator. So those all kind of synergistically work together to help my clients, whether they need hands-on help or they need a little coaching to get better at handling their email, for example, or <laughs> yeah. something like that. Um, and I might, you know, write resources and blog posts. So I find, I'm finding that it's very synergistic. So people can work with me and get the benefit of all those different components of what I offer. That sounds wonderful to me. What a great invitation. (laughs) I know I have a very large team, but yeah, we still have issues with emails. That's one place that I still need help with. And I'm trying to get around that, but we'll see. Soft skills. Never heard it that way. Yes. Soft skills are those intangible qualities that a person carries from job to job. It does, um, so it, and they include things like emotional intelligence, time management, mm-hmm. conflict and people skills, conflict management, uh, and pretty much anything that comes into how you 
exhibit your behavior and character at your job, right. regardless of what the, the hard skills would be more the technical skills of, say, you know, producing a podcast or typing yeah. or doing books, uh, right. bookkeeping. But intangibles, but very noticeable, are whether mm. someone can get along with every, the people on mm. the team or whether they're able to communicate clearly right. during a, a moments of conflict. And so those things, you, we all need to grow in all those areas uh, continually in order to do well in our work, and they affect our personal life as well. True. So. I've done some training classes on that. I've, you know, some of my books really do fall under that, what you call soft skills of life. Yeah. Um, even, even the friendships, you know, dealing with friendships. And so it's a fascinating area because mm. those are the things that, you know, they say you can hire for skill. You can hire somebody based on just, a, you know, the ability to do something. But if they're not able to get along with people, they're not able to manage their time. They're not able to respond, right. uh, you know, in a timely way then they can be a great at that particular task, but they might not be a great fit for a team True. because they're not collaborating well with other people. And so those soft skills are the things that leadership and all that, mm -hmm. that people carry with them from job to job and, and life situation to life situation. So those are important to cultivate. You wrote somewhere that I found here, probably in your book, that um, personal and professional growth, they, they walk together. It's not they do. separate, right? Yes, that's on my website, that yep. it's a synergistic because, so that's why I call myself a personal growth coach, because as yeah. you grow personally, that's going to affect your, your professional life anyway. Right. It's going to be, bring good things into your professional life. So so true. Ah, so true a billion times <laughs> to <laughs> this idea of getting to know ourselves better, be more aware yeah, of who we are. I know you mentioned earlier parts of that, but the way you wrote this is so true. You say you cannot be best friends with everybody, but you can have a meaningful relationship with almost anybody. The almost is the interesting word there, almost. Why not everybody? Well, that was intentional. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. Because I do want to acknowledge the fact that there are some toxic or, or unhealthy relationships. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. that's just the case. So I wanted to make sure people didn't take that as a cliche. Well, I got to get along with everybody. Um, yes. And yeah. I believe that, you know, probably 90% of the time you can have a meaningful, and what I mean by meaningful relationship doesn't mean that you even talk to the person every week, but it's a, it's a rich conversation or experience when you do see them there. You know, mm -hmm. we all have people in our life that you may not see for many months or years, but then it's like picking right back up when you yeah. see that person again, because you can have a meaningful interaction with them because of some great memories you have in the past or connections. So, but the almost, I do think we do need to be aware. I talk in my book about challenging friendships. Yeah. I think we do need to be aware. And of course I warn people, you know, I would not want anyone to expect to stay in a situation that was not safe for them right. emotionally or physically safe. Right. That's, you know, we're not, I'm not trying to convey that. Well, you've just got to be friends with everybody no matter what. True. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, so I agree. that's why the almost yeah. is in there for those few cases where it's just not, healthy. Yeah. What are some of the requirements? So what makes a friendship? I know you have so many kinds that I never thought about, interestingly, but what makes a friendship a friendship? What are the components to that? To me, it's basically any kind of uh, shared experience, generally positive shared experience yeah. with someone. Yeah. I use the term friendship widely, 
Yeah. Some would some would prefer that. Well, they're not my friends. I work with them. Well, I yeah. I feel like it's a version of friendship. If you're having right. pleasant interactions with someone, right. and their your life is better for them being in it, then I think then. Mm. Even if it's only once in a while, I, I, I still think that that would be a friendship to me. In your book, you, you talk about the principles of the concept of circles of friendship. So I'd love to explore them. Five of them, I think you have. Yeah, five principles. The first one, uh, relationships often will not fit into one distinct circle. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if you can talk to me about each one of them, that will be helpful. Yes. Well, the the uh, idea of circles and overlapping and kind of some of the circles on the the art on the book is they're open and overlapping and interacting with one another so that they're not all separated in, in such tight boundaries that you don't overlap. So right. uh, you, you might have a friend that you met at work. And then you don't work together anymore, but you also main, you know, continue to have the friendship. So it was kind of a work friendship or a colleague friendship that turned into something else. So um, I have about 15 different types of friendships mentioned. Yeah. And that's what I mean that sometimes you'll overlap where for a season you were a common cause friendship. Huh. And now perhaps you're our colleagues. Maybe you start working together. <laughs> My, uh, right. And so... <laughs> you end up having maybe multiple layers of that friendship. And so I think we forget that we can look at all these different opportunities and say, oh, my goodness, I have, you know, I use just because I had to use C, of course. Um, I use yeah. cy cyber friendships uh -huh. really are online, but online begins with O. And so we have to use C. Uh -huh. Cyber friendships are the uh -huh. ones that you have online, say through Facebook or whatever. But you might end up meeting, finally meeting that that I've had that happen where yeah. I end up, we end up having dinner. They're coming into town. We have dinner. We have a great time, you know, yeah. and it's like now you've established a second type of circle with them because you've had some other shared experience. So uh, that's, uh, that's one of the principles is not the purpose of the book of helping people think clearly about their friendships yeah. is partly yeah. to not be too rigid mm, in, yeah. in putting people in a, in such a box right. that then, you know, you get uh, disappointed if they don't do what you want. True. There was some other principles too, but did you want me to mention those? Did you say, or, Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the two, Boundaries are helpful. Uh, that's a big one. Yes. And I think <laughs> that, that kind of does allude to a little bit to what we were just talking about, about toxic. Some things yeah. you just, sometimes you just have to end the friendship. But boundaries, right. you can have healthy boundaries with your friends that help one another respect your time or respect that you might be doing things with other people too. It doesn't mean that you don't love them if you're going to hang yeah, out with somebody right. else. And then another principle is that relationships are not just about you. One yeah. danger, I think, of self-reflection and yeah. self-awareness mm -hmm. is sometimes we can become self-centered if mm -hmm. we overdo that. And so right. relationships are about giving as well. And so there are times that we put aside our preference. Like, I don't like to shop but I have a friend who really does. Um, she she understands that probably not to invite me on a weekend shopping. <laughs> but that doesn't right. mean that I shouldn't sometimes put aside mm. my shopping, you know, less interest in shopping and not spend a little time with her if she's wanting to do that before traveling together and stop at a store. You right. know, I think there's there's got to be that give and take. And then True. I would also recommend using discretion in defining friendships. The journal 
is more for the internal work. You know, it would not be yeah. sometimes very kind to say, oh, you're a uh, <laughs> common cause friend to me. <laughs> you know, it's more for you to uh, personally to understand and manage your expectations because if we try to label our friends out loud, I think that that kind of backfires. <laughs> and then True. the last principle is a lot of times in True. friendship, we hear the words, oh, she's a close friend, she's a casual friend, or she's a best friend. Yeah. And I purposely stayed away from those because I wanted to expand the definitions of friendship. Yeah. And I'm also just personally, I don't care for the best friend uh, reference because I feel it's it can kind of make people stand out. You know, like if you have other friends and you talk about hanging around with your besties, then anybody else who knows uh. you knows they're not a bestie if they're not in that photograph kind that's of thing. true and so i kind of feel like it's not the kindest thing to do is to have a best friend because that's mm. that really best should meet the number one person only now that doesn't mean you can't have that person and feel like it but to advertise it that way yeah i think sets up an unnecessary hurt feelings for your other friends and you may not even know it when you do that i love how you have the c's yet all the the friendship kinds the styles they in the circle, they start with the C. Yes. And that makes me think about connectivity, connectedness. Yes. So that's what life is all about. So let me see the ones that kind of caught my attention. I never thought about concluded friendships. I never thought about them. I never thought about crisis friendships. Yeah, and you say making a choice to conclude a friendship or being concluded is a difficult thing. Yeah, what are the challenges that we face with that, Beth, concluding friendships? Well, I, I think that uh, one of the things that's really challenging is if someone else decides to conclude a friendship with you. Yeah. You know, if we're the yeah. ones that decide that it's not really a healthy friendship anymore, then we kind of feel the power. But if it's done yeah. to us, mm. and sometimes there there are just situations sometimes where people are not able to accept what you can give in a friendship. They want more. Maybe they want to be in touch every day and you just cannot do that. Yeah. And they, some, some folks I think who maybe have been hurt in the past, they just decide, well, I don't want to be, you know, friends with you at all. If I can't have access to you all the time, right. then I'm going to, I just would rather you not be in my life. And they may not even say that, but they may choose to just kind of cold shoulder you or yeah. uh, cut off you know, communication and you sit there, sometimes you wonder what's going yeah, on. Yeah. Other times, if it's a pattern that they tend to do, you might decide, okay, I have to accept this. Uh, <laughs> and so I think when those things happen, we have to look and see, is it really necessary for me to have the last word in this friendship? Or can I just accept that they, they are not going to be content unless they can be in touch with me every day and I'm not able to do that. Yeah. And so you have to accept whether, you know, have I been kind, have I done what I can? And if they choose that they want to walk away from it, then it's hard. And you yeah. may never have a full explanation and you may, your pride may be wounded a little bit, but in the <laughs> yeah. long run, it might be healthier to just allow them to make that decision and be thankful for what you had when you had it. And mm -hmm. maybe you might end up being thankful you don't have it anymore. Too. <laughs> if it's That's so true. And well, communication it comes to me always oh, another C, right? Communication that comes to mind when, when I think about friendships and relationships. Uh, yeah. What is your message on effective communication or maybe even empathic communication? Well, I think communication is partly, uh, and this is something I've got to work on because those of us yeah. who do like people and like to share our ideas can be hard, have a harder time listening. 
Yeah. And really, uh, this, so communication is wealth receiving. And uh, I self-admit I'm weaker in the listening part. Uh, I process out loud, and so I tend to talk. Uh, so I think that when you understand, again, self, some self-awareness about your own temperament and what you bring into a friendship, you might. I'm, I have to accept sometimes that some of my friends or people in my life are going to process in a different way. And yeah. so they may not verbalize stuff out loud too much, or they may be a great listener, but I have to be careful not to overtake advantage if they're listening. Mm, yeah. Right. So that's a communication skill in a friendship sure. that, uh, to think about, okay, what does, you know, have I asked them how they're doing, you know, instead of me yeah. always talking to them because <laughs> they're such a good listener. Um, and, yeah. and, and having skills like that to think about, or if you're going to see somebody for lunch that you haven't seen in a few weeks, maybe think ahead of time, what is it that maybe they've had going on? Like, you know, have they bought a new car in the last week or last since you last saw them or something? Because sometimes you may be in touch still online yeah. or by text. But if you're going to see them personally, what can you be excited about for them that you know has happened in the last couple of months? Right. And be ready to start conversation based on, hey, that, you know, I, this, that your new car looks like hmm. it's really awesome. How are you enjoying it? You know, that kind of thing to yeah. show that you've been paying attention uh, and not just say, hey, let me tell you what's going on with me. You know, <laughs> there's something to be aware of when it comes to self-knowledge and being very much into doing this inner work that we do and in the process. We process differently. We are different, unique. And it seems like listening, it's a kind of communication, isn't it? It's a very powerful Absolutely. one. Yeah. It's, a, it's an important part of communication so that you can pick up on things. And you mentioned about how the inner work, we all do things a little differently. That's why uh, the journal is designed with, you know, artistic elements and writing elements. And so it's got both the linear and the artistic side because people learn differently and they process their thoughts differently. So right. we try, we tried to do that in the book. So let's see, we're almost at the end and I have so many other things here. Uh, you have many, many kinds of friendships. And let me see another one that caught my attention that I never thought about. A cause friendship. Yes, that, yeah, that is one I experienced that when you get involved with something important, let's say that you um, have a nonprofit organization that you volunteer for. And in the course of that, of volunteering, you meet other people who are also volunteering for that organization. You can build some some deep friendships with those people because you all have a common love for that particular organization and that particular cause. Now, one thing yeah. to be aware of with that is at the point when maybe you're no longer volunteering, let's say it was an event, a big gala or something, and you all help to put it yeah. together and then the gala is over and then you all kind of go your separate ways. Yeah. You do have to understand that just because you spent a lot of time with those people for those nine months of planning or whatever, they may not be able to have the room in their life after it's over to have that same yeah. level of, you know, talking to each other weekly and having coffee and planning meetings and all that. And uh, right. especially uh, sometimes some folks are very involved in a cause in their life, and that is you know, all consuming to them almost. And if you helped with it, right. you could be their friend while you're helping with it. But once you kind of stop, which is not wrong, I'm not, you know, at all. Sometimes there's seasons, there's seasons for things, there's season for yeah. helping with that right. cause is done. You have to right. accept that they, if they're still involved with it, they may be still consumed with it and you're going to see them less and less. So you can get bitter by the, yeah. from that or you can think about being grateful for having worked together shoulder mm. to shoulder to advance something of good mm. for the world. And, um, you know, and, wow. and try to be content with 
okay, this is only so much they can give because they're still so devoted to the cause and I can appreciate what they're doing and to continue that cause going forward. That's beautiful when you think about that we can actually be this way. It sounds to me like a very mature kind of existence, being a person that's very mature, like an adult, that, yeah, being grateful um, in face of, um, in the situations like that, when people don't want to be around us, I mean, they have their own reasons not to, and that's okay. I always go back to spirituality because gratitude to me is very much connected to yes, that. Being, being spiritual. Being grateful for the time you did have with those people doesn't mean they're bad people because they, they don't have time to get together as much anymore. <laughs> My last question about your work is the difference between a crisis with a friendship and the uh, challenging friendship. Okay. A crisis friendship is generally one that comes about when you're going through something very difficult, say a tragedy, a loss. What comes to mind for me is when my father passed away many years ago, a, a colleague of mine came over and she we were a small family, but we had people, all kinds of food yeah. that came to us, and we did not need yeah. all the food that we got. It was very <laughs> kind of people, but it was just, well, she came over, and she organized everything. Mm -hmm. She she kind of really served us well with that whole process, and we don't even yeah. talk to her now, and not in a bad way. We just, our, our lives have drifted in different directions, but I'll always yeah. remember that with fondness that, you know, she came mm -hmm. at a time of, of sadness for us and crisis, you might say, and jumped yeah. in and helped us, even though we, we weren't close, close friends, you know, around the other time. And, and that's the kind of thing a crisis friendship is, I think, is somebody who will mm -hmm. stop by if you've had an accident and stay with you until the ambulance comes or, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, challenging yeah. friendships are different in the sense that it kind of goes back to what we talked about with people who want more from the friendship than either side's able to give those kinds of things are people who are a little yeah. bit on the toxic side. They're, you know, are self-centered. Yeah. Those are your challenges. Yeah. And sometimes you'll continue to have those and you might even have those with people in your family and stuff. So you're not going yeah. to cut them off completely, but you have to navigate through some of the difficulties of getting along. And so that's the difference with that. Yeah. With, with, we all have challenging relationships and challenging friendships. The decision of maturity is whether it's best to not have the friendship anymore or to handle it in a way where, you know, both sides can at least get, still have some meaning in it, uh, even if it's not exactly mm -hmm. what either side wants. So I have these um, ending questions for you. But before that, would you like to add anything or read a passage from your book? Uh, I think I just I just want to leave people with that same quote that we talked about earlier on that, you know, you cannot be best friends with everyone. Uh, it's too much stress to try to be. <laughs> uh, oh, and, yes. But, but, <laughs> True. Look, but to look for meaning in the relationships that you are blessed to have. And accept them, you know, where they're at. And some will grow and invest in the ones that you'd love to see grow, but also accept the ones that maybe just are limited in time or energy or season of life and not always feel like you have to, you won't have fun unless you're with your closest friends. You can have fun with other people and, and expand your world a little bit. Learn, learn to expand who you get interact with so that you can enrich that big circle uh, that's, and expand that circle of friends. And to help children understand this mm. as they're growing and understand about friendship. Uh, I was told that a couple of teachers wanted to use some material from my book to help 
young kids learn is they teach about anti-bullying and things like that. And I'm honored to think yeah. that, you know, they might think that this will help by you don't have to have just one best friend, even as a little a young kid. You know, you can enjoy the people in your class for what they all bring to the table. And so I think hopefully that will set yeah. some children up for welcoming more people in their life. If you knew you would die soon, meaning leaving or losing the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? Probably not too much. I try to uh, be a blessing to people. I try to point people to God. I would want people to know, again, that God loves them and wants a relationship with them. That's what I would like people to know when I left. That they, I would like people to think of me as someone mm -hmm. who helped remind them of that. Yes, yeah, that unconditional love. Yes, beautiful, Beth. And my last question is, what are three things about life you wish... Ah, you actually said that away. <laughs> <laughs> what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Uh, okay, I know God <laughs> loves me. I know that yeah. people are worth knowing. And I know that we are not a success just because of the money we make. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? The best place to go is to my website, and that's bethbutler.com. And Butler is spelled a little, it's B-E-U-T-L-E-R. So bethbutler.com, and that's where people can find out about me and what I offer, and then also find all the social media. I'm, I'm on a several different channels, so they can find what channels I'm on, and I welcome anyone to connect with me on those. Wonderful. Thank you so much again, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Stay well. Bye for now, Beth. <laughs> Thank you for listening. To learn more about Beth Butler and her work, please visit BethButler.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. <laughs>